Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hi, welcome to the Bob Pritchard straight-talking, no-bullshit radio show. I've just got back to L.A. after a quick visit to family in Australia, enjoying Christmas and uh, the New Year. So I hope that you're enjoying life wherever you are. Have you ever created an advertisement for a newspaper, a radio app, a flyer, or composed a letter, or even an email, and the response has been disappointing or even lousy? The reason's usually one of two things. Firstly, You've, choose, you've chosen the wrong communication vehicle. For example, you've used radio when you should have used newspapers or it would have been much more effective to use social media. Or secondly, your message is wrong. You haven't structured your communication message correctly. And this applies equally as much to things like emails. If you don't want your email to be killed before people read it, you need to structure it properly. So today, in this first segment of the program, I want to give you an overview of the various vehicles you can use, not all of them, but some of them, when you should use them, and why you should use them. And in the fourth segment, after two great interviews today, um, I'll discuss how to structure and use your message to get great results. Now, if you want to go into any subjects that I talk about in more depth. You can do that by grabbing a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, or any one of the great books that are out there on whatever subject you're focusing on. I can't tell you often enough how often, how important it is to keep learning. Keep up to date with changes in the marketplace, whether it's social media or growth of mobile marketing, from whatever source you can get the information that you need. But you've got to keep learning. I've got a couple of great guests today. The first is Stephen Monaco, who is a social networking genius. His creative marketing is the driving force behind the world's best-selling data communication software. And Daniel Steele, who many of you will remember as the rock chick, who has interfaced with many of the world's greatest rock stars and the lessons that are to be learnt for business. Firstly, let's talk about advertising. It's important that in all advertising vehicles, 
you know, they're not the same. So each of them have their purpose. So you have to have the right message for the right vehicle. Otherwise, it's going to be much less successful than you might have expected it to be. So let's start with newspapers. Newspapers are an information medium. They're not time-dependent like television or radio, although most newspapers are thrown out pretty quickly. But the aim of a newspaper advertisement is to communicate powerful information in a form that involves the reader. So the aim is to get people to tear out the ad and put it on the fridge or in their wallet or on their desk. You need to get them to keep the ad. It's information-rich source, so you can include lots of great detail. Now, when you're placing newspaper ads, ensure that you've selected the best day of the week that your, the newspaper's going to reach your target market because daily newspaper circulations vary widely depending on the daily inserts. The guides, the sports, the leisure, the real estate, all of those other guides... Different types of people buy the same newspaper on different days. Also, in a city, some suburbs might have a high readership of a particular newspaper, while other suburbs might read a different newspaper. And the last thing is to remember that your advertisement should be on the right-hand page, preferably in the bottom. That will increase your readership. Radio. Now, radio is an immediacy medium, and it also paints a picture so the person listening can see whatever picture they want to see. So you need to paint a picture in words that people can interpret in their own way to suit their own circumstances, and then get people to act now. Don't use it as a brand awareness medium. It's a waste of time because the average person only recalls one ad that they hear each hour, and in 72% of cases, they remember the name, but they haven't got a clue what the bloody ad was about. So you need to get people involved and get them to act now. Now, the audience demographic varies from station, but from program to program. Ensure that you're getting the best bang for your buck. So don't buy run-of-the-station ads. That's where the station selects your time slots for you over a week. You buy 30 slots over a week. So unless you're a mass-market product, you're likely to get a whole bunch of really crappy slots. It's a little more expensive, but it's much more effective to place each ad exactly where you want it. And don't forget to run contests or in-store tie-ins, things that can build a relationship with your customer and get a great deal more effectiveness for your ad. Television, such a popular medium. It conveys colour, excitement, emotion. It gets you involved and it demonstrates the product with real people with who you can connect and they're excited about it on television so that excites your audience. But remember, people watch television. They don't tend to listen to television ads. So television's not an information medium or an immediacy medium unless you're deliberately trying to get direct response, which is a different philosophy altogether. And I'll talk about that in a minute. 
don't buy national or even regional advertising if a local ad better suits your purpose because you're just wasting your money. Again, take careful note of the program demographics and always try to be first or last ad in a break. The first ad in a break can have up to 10 times the audience of the fourth ad in a break. So if you get just slotted into a regular ad break, you can be getting screwed. So let's websites. The website or an ad on the website, be a banner or an ad triggered by a search, is again an information-rich medium. So people who utilise the web have usually decided to seriously consider the purchase and are looking for information and answers. So you need to give them the information and make sure the it's very easy to navigate the website so they can find the information that they need. But I recommend that you, spe- you engage a specialist in web advertising. It can be phenomenally inexpensive or outrageously expensive if you do it, don't do it well. Don't concern yourself with traffic. It's conversion that counts. What do the customers want to buy? Where are they? Who are they? What's your return on investment? Ideally, pay per click, not the number of people that see your ad, but how many sales you actually close. I'm working on a project at the moment where we've tested 15 home pages on a website and a number of checkout pages, all trying to get that best result. And we're now looking at sending the clicks to the order page through to a person who closed them on the phone. That makes a big difference. So most people don't try to fix their cars themselves, so you shouldn't try to be an expert on the web if you don't have the experience. Mobile marketing. Again, my recommendation is to use an expert. Mobile marketing is everything from ads to text message voting campaigns. All sorts of things can be done on the cell phone. It can also be used for SMS prompts to buy a pizza tied in with a radio ad. It was a great campaign in in Los Angeles where the um, text went out and said, call now to get a special deal. They called, they got Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut gave them a special, a special. They knew your address, they did everything and it was really fast, really simple and the response was phenomenal. So these have extremely high response rates if you do it well. I was in London recently and um, I was walking through Chelsea and my cell phone rang and I answered it and uh, the voice on the other end said, hi, you're walking past Starbucks. Why don't you pop in for a coffee and a muffin? So I did. I thought it was fantastic they could do that. They do it through Bluetooth. So I did. I popped in, had a coffee and a muffin and they got 10 bucks at me or whatever it is that wouldn't have got apart from using an SMS. Social media, that's all the big rage today because it's an extremely powerful communications medium and there's 500 million people on social media every day. So only use social media if it can either save you money or make money. Don't spend hours on Twitter if you don't know what you're doing. Research first, 
find out if that valuable time that you're using is going to make you money. So if you're a business owner and do social media correctly, it will not be inexpensive. It doesn't cost that much money, but it does take work and time, and it requires brand integration and a well-conceived strategy. Just because people tell you it works, don't just go ahead and try to use it. So ask yourself, will it reduce customer acquisition cost? Will it improve customer relationships and word of mouth? Will it increase sales and increase repeat buying? Unless you have a strong yes to all those questions, don't do it. Billboard advertising is low cost, lasts for months, not five minutes like a print ad, can't be turned off and can't be put down. The keys to success with billboards is a single message that can be conveyed in a few words, big type and images in very bold colours. It needs to be extremely legible, so less is more. Direct response, most effective on TV and radio, and it's great if you can't get the off space or your product's not known, but it's not for everybody. Can you visually demonstrate terrific benefits on television? You need 60-second slots and a strong call to action, and then you should have a big profit item as an upsell. So whether on TV or radio, the product must be the star. Finally, mailbox drops. Great for getting information to the household or business person's hand at a low cost. Don't let it be a business card. You must have a headline that is a major sale and you must personalise it and close your flyer aggressively to elicit a response and get people to respond quickly by giving them an incentive. So, that's just covering a few of them. Don't forget to let me know what you'd like me to discuss on the program. Go to bobpritchard.com, tweet me, email me, contact me on LinkedIn, send me a bloody carrier pigeon. I don't give a rat's how you get in touch with me. Just get in touch. Let's get some business and let's get this planet and the U.S. moving again. I'll be back in a couple of minutes with my first guest, and you'll love it. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight-Talking, No-Bullshit Radio Show. My first guest today is Stephen Monaco, a great guy with more degrees than a thermometer. He was VP Sales and Marketing at Datastorm Technologies, and he was the driving force behind the most successful PC data communication software of all time. He's worked with the who's who of Silicon Valley Corporations, the company director, he's a magazine columnist, and has appeared on numerous TV shows. But what I like most about Stephen is the fact that he's a real no-bullshit kind of guy. He's our, kind, he's our kind of person. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate you having me on, and that's true. I am a straight-shooting guy as they come. Good. No, bu- no bullshit. Yeah, okay. In your email to me yesterday, you described people who write content for another entity on social media as certainly not divas, experts, gurus, or anything of the sort. Quoting you, they are simply posers who are full of shit. Stephen, what are you actually trying to say there? <laughs> it is kind of hard to decipher that message, isn't it? Well, I was um, I was speaking to you about a a TV program on on TechCrunch, which is TechCrunch.com, sure. and they have a thing called PC TV, and it was the author of um, the Thank You Economy, and I forget his name at the moment. But he said that 99.5% of social media uh, gurus, experts, divas, whatever, were were clowns. Yeah, was, was his exact quote. And I concur. I mean, there are so many people that, um, because the the space is hot and it's new, that you know I see it on Twitter all the time. People that follow me and they're um, you know, realtor, stay-at-home mom, and social media expert, and I, I just don't—I don't get that. Yeah, but I understand. I—I I get annoyed by backyard marketers who've got no qualifications, who quote enough to pay their next car payment, you know, for a job, and then the companies say, you know, it doesn't work, and then companies come out and say consultants are all thieves. By the sound of it, social media experts are even worse. So am I right in saying that unless you're going to do social media properly, in which case you need to allocate resources and considerable time, you really shouldn't do it? Um, that's pretty black and white. Um, I don't know that you shouldn't do it completely, but anything worth doing is worth doing right. Yeah, absolutely. There's certainly... There's certainly um, a proper way to do it and an effective way to do it that will yield results and there's no shortage of people. In fact, the vast majority of, of companies are what I call dabbling in it and it ends up being a self-fulfilling thing for them when there are no results and it, it doesn't work. Sure. Now, much of what you've written and spoken about publicly regards how consumers are now in control. What do you mean by that exactly? Um, well, I can give you some results from a survey that are pretty fresh, not even two months old, that, that really speak to that, that I think um, 
are very interesting. I think you will and your listeners will as well. Um, this was from Yahoo. This was done about um, the number of people who multitask on their their iPhones or their Android phones or iPads or whatever mobile yep. devices while they're watching television. And this yep. isn't while they're watching TV in an ambient sense. This is while they're sitting in front of the telly, yep. tuned in, watching their favorite TV shows. And 80% of those people um, do that occasionally. 70% multitask once a week. Almost half, 49% multitask every day, and 15% are on their uh, on the mobile web through their mobile phone and device um, through the, for the entire duration of their whole of the entire show. Yeah. And what they're doing when they're on their their mobile devices is um, they're on their social networks and they're sending text messages. Now this isn't. This isn't like 20-something people or teenagers. It's, it's part of our culture now. In fact, the fastest-growing demographic for new Facebook users is women over the age of 55, and one of every four adults over the age of 65 in the U.S. is now on a social network. Mainly um, because I know I've got a son going to George Washington University, and my mother still lives in Australia, and uh-huh. um, the only way she can keep in touch with Hunter is through social media, because there's no way in the world he's going to write her a letter, and there's absolutely no way in the world he's going to pick up a phone <laughs> to, to his so dad, they, either, for that matter. have taken control, or is that it's, it's the culture. If we can't devote our full attention to our very favorite TV show, how much attention do we pay to the messages that we're inundated with every day? Yep. The average American gets... Um, about 2,000 brand impressions daily. And depending on your age, to put it in perspective, that's more than your great-grandparents were exposed to in their lifetimes. So um, what do we do with all this information? Well, we tune it out. If the information isn't relevant to us, we simply tune it out. And if it's not germane to what's going on in our lives or the lives of our family, it's just noise. It's mindless drivel that we ignore and that's what advertising has become to most of us so just wallpaper here's the here's the real kicker is that in this always on world of constant connectivity where information is readily available and and shared um so readily there's a staggering number of consumers who are engaged online and in the u.s in my data is from 2011 um there were tens of millions of consumers who posted online product reviews on a weekly basis. And these reviews became the top influencer for buying decision for American consumers. Absolutely. And what's more, those online reviews wielded nearly twice the level of influence as traditional advertising. Yep. So um, if you take a second, let that sink in. And think about it, online reviews posted by total strangers are nearly twice as effective at influencing what consumers decide to buy than what companies are saying in their ad campaigns. Well, people and don't consumers tr- aren't yeah. listening to companies like they once did. They're listening to each other, and they don't want to be lectured to from on high. They want the opinions of their 
of their peers and of other consumers. And, and those was, disruptive changes in yeah. consumer behavior um, and what's occurred over the last 15 years have clearly put, quote-unquote, we the people in control. And that's what I mean by that. But they, they also want dialogue. They're, they're tired of um, monologue where companies yell at them and whoever yells the loudest thinks that they've got the most effective campaign. So and they what, don't tr- they don't trust them anymore. Yeah, either. that's right. They don't they yeah, don't trust the companies. They don't trust the government. They don't want to be again. They don't want to be lectured through a megaphone. They want dialogue with people they know, like and trust, friends, family, peer groups. Sure. So why is it that such a small percentage of companies use social media effectively? Mostly, it's because. The, the companies aren't prepared. They're, it's an organizational problem. It, it needs to be championed. Social needs to be championed by the CEO and the C-suite and uh, implemented across the organization. And the companies that are doing that are doing pretty well when it's when social is a component that's integrated across the the enterprise um, and. That requires change, and people don't people don't like change, and they they dig their heels in and say whoa, and and they they don't they don't do it. Um, yeah, the, that's absolutely the truth. So, where should a company start with social media initiatives? What's what are the first things that they should do? Well, there's two things, Bob. They should do immediately. Um, the very first thing is they should do. Um, listening, what's what's called listening through a, a listening platform, or or what's called social media monitoring. Yep. And um, the company that I use and like and um, is Spiral Sixteen. There's a number of players out there, but Spiral Sixteen um, won a Best of Class award in October of this last year, and. That's probably the most common question I, I get asked is regarding regarding how to get started is you know what what to do and what are we listening for and to start off you're not listening for anything in particular you're just listening to to learn and make discoveries and understand and and take the data that you're monitoring to gain to gain knowledge overall so you get you get that knowledge and from that you build a strategy is that and i was going to say and that's the other thing is that you should start building i mean get the monitoring rolling put in the keywords your company name your brand name product name a a couple key competitors and let that data start rolling and within um about three days you'll have a tremendous data set Hmm. and Concurrently, while that's going on, is to um, develop a develop your strategy, and your it's it's not as hard as people think, and that is your social media initiatives should be in lockstep with your your company's strategies. Yep. That whatever your 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 goals are, organi- organizationally. That's exactly what your social strategy should be, and that's where um, 
I see so many companies fall down is that they go without a strategy or, or any kind of approach and they just have this, if they build it, if we build it, they will come mentality and they're yeah. surprised and disappointed when they didn't show up at all. Yeah. So the, stra- the strategy, um, or, or more specifically the objectives, there should be a separate social media campaign for each and every objective. And those objectives or those campaigns should be tied to a time frame. Right. Well, thanks, Stephen. I really appreciate your time today. It's great to talk to you. Um, Social media is such an important part of your marketing armory that, you know, you shouldn't just give it to the guy that's the cheapest or somebody that you know or somebody that's a friend. Get the guy that is the best. And uh, that's really important, and I can't stress it enough. You know, people who are successful are successful because they use the best. Now, you can contact Stephen on www.stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Monaco, M-O-N-A-C-O, dot com. That's www.stephenmonaco.com. I'll be back after this short break with more of the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Radio Show. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Radio Show. This is the segment in the show where we we talk to people who are involved in entertaining or entertainment business, whether it be speaking or theme parks or whatever it is, about what goes on behind the scenes. Not the glitzy and glamour crap that you 
see in the tabloids, but what the real business is all about. We've had great discussions with actors, producers, theme park attraction developers, and lots of others. Today, my guest is Dana Steele, a speaker, an entrepreneur, and an author. Dana is the author of Rock to the Top, a wonderfully entertaining and educational tome about what she learned about success from the rock and roll business. Dana was known as the Lady of the Night. That bit appeals to me. And then <laughs> the First Lady of Houston Rock Radio at KLOL with a legion of fans called the Steelworkers, which I also thought was cute. For years, she's built relationships with the world's top rock stars. I've read about Billy Idol at Waterworld, Travelling with Van Halen, Friends with David Cosby, Dinner with ACDC, Drinks with David Bowie. It goes on and on and on. Now, the reason for this segment is to show the parallels between entertainment and business. Dana is an expert at both. Hi, Dana. How are you? I am fabulous. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And that was a great intro. I'm taking you on the road with me. Oh, okay. I love it. Um, <laughs> I, I mentioned to you before that I was a rock singer back in my younger days, and I gave it up because I realized that I really didn't have enough talent and was only a matter of time before somebody worked it out. Um, why on earth would you give up a stellar radio career, particularly in rock and roll, why would you give that up? Well, you know what? I know early on, early on, that my shelf life as a female rock and roll DJ was short. It really was. And there's only so much money you can make in it. And I'll be perfectly honest, I am a capitalist from the word go, and I love money, and I love the, the things that money and success buy. Um, and, and I could see where radio was going. I could see, first of all, that my career wasn't going to be that long. It was just the nature of the beast. Yeah. And I needed to get in, I needed to work hard, strike hard, make the money and make the contacts and that, turn that into something else. That's the most important part of it. That's I still have um, people come up to me um, who say, you know, I saw you 40 years ago <laughs> on television and I remember you and that you can't buy that sort of exposure, can you? No, and it's wonderful, but you've got to figure out, and you did, and I did, and it's with any business, whether you're, you know, whether you're on television or on the radio or you're, you know, a salesman, the number one salesman for the, you know, Acme Corporation. Yeah. Things don't last forever. Everybody got tired of the original iPod, so they had to come up with the iTouch and then the iPad, and, you know, Steve Jobs was one of those visionaries. And that's what you have to be. Every successful person, whether you know, you're Mick Jagger or not, you have to be a visionary and not only keep your customers happy today and keep them really happy because the competition so fierce, but you also have to be a fortune teller and be following the trends and what are people saying on Twitter and what are they saying on Facebook and, and what is it? that there's a need for, you have to be looking forward. And that's what I was constantly doing in my career. The majority of people that, that, that I worked with, you know, a lot of them, not a majority, but, you know, there's a lot of them that are, that are doing traffic for minimum wage. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. Sure. I wanted to go on and, and do more. And so I was constantly looking for opportunity to meet new people, try new things, 
And and also when people would say, um, do you do presentation training? My answer is yes. Now um, look at how the hell to do it. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll figure it out later. Yeah, do you exactly. do, um, you know, can you type? Yes. That's how I got my first job at my first major market radio station. And I went home and practiced typing so that I could fake my way through this until I could talk my way onto the air. I saw a photograph of you in a black little number with little round glasses with CDs stuck all over you. And I would have employed you anywhere in that at, you know, at that time. I don't, I'm not sure how long ago that was, but it's one hell of a photograph. Do you know how scary the first part of that sentence was? I saw a photo of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you know what? I am so grateful there were no cell phones in the 80s. <laughs> so. And, and that's what I tell people is, you know what, I wasn't a saint, and yes, it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and I'm here to tell you, it was fun. It was But I also knew it was a business. Right, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. It was. Now, it one, was amazing, and it still is. Yeah. Um, one line that really caught my attention um, is your statement that the biggest and most successful rock stars work the hardest and you know and this is a business show so we talk about business all the time and there's a great parallel i reckon between people who are successful in the rock and roll business or in any entertainment business are the ones who are smart who have passion who work hard who plan and and that's a that's such a great statement example well, people you know, who work hard I, I use the four principles, the four rock star principles of success. The first one is passion. And it's not that they were doing something they were passionate about. It's that they continued to feed the passions of their customers. You want the analogy in business? Customer service. They kept their customer, they gave their customers what they wanted. They took care, you know, they fed that passion constantly. The second one is knowledge. Even though they were, you know, even though, um, uh, let's say Robert Plant is singing Stairway to Heaven for the one millionth time and hates that song, that's what you paid to see. That's what he's going to do. He's going to fulfill that passion. But he's also one step ahead and, you know, looking at recording with Alison Krauss and looking at doing different things. Yeah. He, he keeps up with what's going on. So you've got knowledge. The third one is networking. It's constantly getting out there, whether it's a concert or with the record people or it's schmoozing. It's constantly building your fan base, your network, because you never know who's going to be that next person that brings you that next killer project. And the fourth one is appreciation. It's the gold records. It's the, you know, it's the dinners. It's the trips. It's it's all the, you know, as we used to call it, Bob, the swag that, Yep. that we got. Yeah. But you know what? When you gave me a platinum album that, you know, said to Dana Steele, let me tell you, when you came out with that next album, it could be crap and I was going to play it because <laughs> I got a platinum album on my wall. And, and, and I remembered that you acknowledged that I did something for you. So you got passion, networking, knowledge, and appreciation. Well, and you and I know there's a lot more that goes into it, but that is a basic foundation for any successful career. I agree with that. Now, it, it's interesting because I, I started thinking about this um, yesterday and I thought, you know, rock bands are generally made up of average guys, but they've got a fierce passion. And running a business is probably, you know, same sort of people, but they can't maintain the passion and 
95% of businesses fail within 10 years. So do you think that it's, it's the ability of rock stars to continually maintain a passion 20 years later where after you know five years a businessman's sort of bored with the whole thing? I don't think it's so much passion as it is, is that, that every time they record a new song, yeah. they are, odds are they're going to fail. Right. And, but they keep going. They learn from it. Okay, that didn't work. The audience didn't like that, but they liked this. Let's do that. Um, you know, they want more lights. They want more pyro. I think it's that most people, A, don't want to do the work. That, that goes into it from the very beginning, and, and it's a lot of work. And B, they don't try new things. Yeah. They rest on their laurels, or they say that can't be done, or that's not the way we do it. Yep. Bands and artists continually try new things. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the movie's a hit, sometimes it's not. Sometimes the TV show's a hit, sometimes it's not. Sometimes the new speech I try is a hit. Sometimes it's not. If they didn't laugh at that line, then I'm going to go back to the line they did laugh at <laughs> or the one that did touch a nerve. You know, and it, people are scared to fail. The people that fail, Steve Jobs, I keep going back to him, but he yeah. was such a visionary. And, uh, you know, everything he created was not an iPad. It wasn't a hit. There was crap he made yep. that didn't work. And he came back and said, that's crap. Let's figure out a way to make it better. Yeah, I think one other thing... And most people, when they fail, they quit. I think one other thing, though, with rock stars is that every time they walk onto the stage, they get that appreciation and, and a pat on the back for a job well done, where a CEO probably doesn't get many pats on the back and, in fact, probably gets criticised at the end of every quarter for not putting up enough um, uh, profits to to warrant a share price increase. So he's constantly being knocked down where rock stars are constantly being built up. So maybe Well, they're that... constantly being built up, but then they put out a song and it's not a hit. Yeah. So now, now they're not constantly being built up. And, and, and again, I'll go right back to him again, Steve Jobs. You know what? you got to be – Gene Simmons has the best line, and that is life is too short to have anything but delusional notions about yourself. I agree you with that. You have got to throw your shoulders back. You have got to believe that you're the best CEO or you're the best company or you're the best widget maker or you're the best rock star. And you've got to walk into every room and every situation and develop a thick skin because the bigger you get and the more successful you get, whether it's in business or rock and roll, there are going to be people trying to knock you down. And I know we're running out of time. I wanted to give you one other quote that I love, and that's from Dolly Parton. She said, I don't mind stupid blonde jokes because I know I'm not stupid and I definitely know I'm not blonde. <laughs> I'm actually doing an interview with Gene Simmons um, next week, and he wrote a forward to your book, and you didn't even have to sleep with him. I mean, how good a – you must be a good talker. <laughs> You know what? I was so persistent. It was either going to be a forward or a restraining order, one of the two. <laughs> Fortunately, it worked out in my uh, on my behalf. I think he is one of the best marketers around, and it's interesting because I was talking to um, Tim Draper, who um, is responsible, as you probably know, for Hotmail and Skype and all multi-billionaire out of um, Silicon Valley. And even he said Gene Simmons is just one hell of a marketer because he works. Oh, he's at brilliant. 
he's absolutely brilliant. If you can get past the pontification, he's brilliant. But you know what? He's up before everybody else, and he's still working when everyone else goes home. And while everybody else is out drinking and partying, Gene is still working and thinking and networking. The man doesn't drink. He's never touched a drug in his life. He's smart. He's yeah. really, really smart. He's a, he's a, almost a great example of um, working on your business, not in it, although he works in it too, but he... he he spends as much or more time working on the business as he does in the business. So who's the one rock outfit that can really teach companies about how to run a business, about branding, knowing your audience, giving them what they want, merchandising? Sammy Hagar. Sammy really? Hagar. I mean, look at the guy. He's still going. He's still going strong. He has so many businesses. He gives back to the community in so many ways you don't even read about he sold his tequila company for $80 million. The man doesn't even have to sing, I can't drive 55 anymore. Yeah. But his work ethic, I mean, if you can get beyond the, if you can get beyond the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and his new book, um, it's pretty intense. It's called Red, My Uncensored Life in Rock and Roll. Um, you will get such a sense of his business uh, sense that he has. I, I must admit, I'm, I'm a little surprised by that because I thought you would have said Rolling Stones because I know um, some people who know um, Mick Jagger and they say that he is just, he's a jobs. He's a, in, in his industry, he's a visionary. He never stops working. He, he, he would probably be, you know, I use, there's so many that I use, but the main ones I use when I talk about business are Gene Simmons, John Bon Jovi, Sammy Hagar, and Mick Jagger. Yeah. I mean, Mick Jagger fired the um, the manager for the Rolling Stones in 1971. He runs the business. Absolutely. More often than not, Mick Jagger does the settlement himself before he goes on stage. I said that's why he walks like a rooster. He knows he just made $5 million for 45 <laughs> minutes worth. <laughs> 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 you walk like that, too. Dana, thank you very much for your insights. It is great talking with you. You've had some fantastic experiences. I wouldn't have given up my rock and roll career for <laughs> anything. I mean, it's such it's such a joy, and I still know. Interesting, I still know all the guys from the rock and roll business forty years later. But I, you know, the average Freds that I knew back forty years later, I've forgotten them all. Now, who knew we would live this long, Bob? Absolutely. <laughs> who, who knew we'd live past twenty five? Um, I know, I know. Well, thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Now, if you'd like to get in touch with Dana or book one of her fantastic... Can you imagine this lady as a speaker? She is sensational. If you want to find out more, go to www.danasteel.com. So that's www.danasteel.com. And I'll be back with no, with more <laughs> No Bullshit Radio in just a minute. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible 
Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Well, wasn't that a great interview? A couple of great interviews. Um, this last segment's going to be a little short because the last interview ran a bit long, but that Dana, she's something, isn't she? I love her. And... Uh, I thought you'd, it, the ties between the rock and roll business and how it works and the people are successful and business are remarkably close. You know, people talk about sport, the similarities between sport and business, but the similarities between the rock and roll industry and business are also amazing when you start looking at it. Now, in the first segment, we talked about a number of the multitude of communication vehicles that are available to get your message across and why you should use one rather than the other. So in this segment, I'm going to briefly discuss the elements that go into creating a really powerful communication message. And it doesn't matter whether you're sending an email or a text, writing a letter or creating an advertisement. Exactly the same rules apply. Now, there are 10 elements critical to effective communication, even if you're giving a speech. So now's the time to go and grab a pen and paper and start scribbling these down or go to the archives and listen to the program later. But in order, these elements are the most important, the heading. The second most important, a photo or a graphic. The third most important is a caption. The fourth most important, consumer purchasing benefit. Then you need two additional emotional benefits. Sixth, you need a risk reversal. Seven, added value. Eight, you need a call to action. Nine, how the hell they pay you. And ten, test it, test it, and test it to make sure that you've got the message right. So let's just run through these quickly one at a time. The heading is the most critical part of any communication. No matter whether it's a newspaper ad, a radio message, or the subject in an email. I know with me, if I look at the subject, it doesn't turn me on. I kill the email. I don't even look at it. I get 500 emails a day. I look at the ones that have got a great subject. So, if the, it, research shows that between 80 and 100% of people only read 
the headline. 80 to 100% only read the headline. So if you don't grab them with the headline, they don't look at it. Um, and you can engage your customer as long as you know about your product and your competitors. For example, we had a situation recently where 94% of the people that responded thought there was no real difference between our client's product and their competitors. So our headline was, so you think there's no difference between product A and product B? Think again. So we got them straight off thinking about the difference between it. So we positioned our product simply and got people to read on by making the headline count. Secondly, a photograph, an illustration or a graphic. If it's a print um, piece of print material, a graphic or a photo will get people because as soon as they look at the headline, the next thing they look at is the graphic. So you need to have a good one that reinforces the headline. Third thing you need is a caption to the graphic. Don't let people interpret the graphic the, they want, the way they want to. Make a statement in the caption that reinforces exactly what you're trying to get across. Fourthly, Consumer purchasing benefit. We talked about consumer purchasing benefit a lot lately. Now, the consumer purchasing benefit will influence positively for you over 77% of purchase decisions. And Fortune 500 companies, 487 of them have a CPB, but in small to medium businesses, only 3% do. So you need a CPB and without it, you'll fail. You know, a couple of my favourites are Nike, just do it. You know, that appeals to the independence and rebellion of youth and it works really well. Wheaties, breakfast of champions. Don't feed your kids some other crap that's not going to feed them, that make them a champion. Give them the stuff the champions eat and that works. You need two additional emotional benefits. Now, the reason I'm saying two is because a recent very extensive advertising study by Pfizer made two strong conclusions that effective advertising contains no more than three benefits. And if there are emotional benefits supported by fact, they're over twice as effective as those that just state facts. So you need additional benefits. Risk reversal. Take away the risk. As soon as somebody goes to buy something, they think, can I afford it? Do I really need it? What if I find it cheaper somewhere else? You've got to get rid of that risk. You can do that by money-back guarantees, 30-day trials, testimonials, awards. There's a lot of ways to do it. My favourites, Thomas the Tank Engine Bed, they couldn't give the things away. So they promised free delivery, keep them for a month. We'll pick them up free if not satisfied. And if you don't want to keep it, we'll let you keep the pillows, the doona and the sheets for free. Now, they were back ordered within a month because nobody can take a bed off a kid after they've been sleeping in it in a month. So it's important to have a risk reversal. You need to add value to every purchase, i.e., Get a product free, get 20% extra product, some other related offer. You need a call to action. Do something. Do it now. Pick up the phone. Ring now. Um, and if you don't ask people to do something, they won't. Make payment easier. 
And once, you know, take away the difficulty of making the payment and test, test, test. Now, don't forget, if I answer your email on air, I'll send you a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition. Don't forget, I want to hear from you. So visit my website at bobpritchard.com, sign up for my newsletter, email me, tweet me, become my friend on LinkedIn, and tell me what it is you want to talk about. This is Bob Pritchard. See you at the same time, same place. Next week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.